Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back with Abinella and Hillary Morgan Ferrer, and we are talking about Mama Bear apologetics. And if you missed Monday's episode, definitely go back and listen. You will be so encouraged and blessed by her. I love her story about how Mama Bear came to be and just her heart for moms and for children. Um, and, and really it's her heart for the Lord and for the Lord to use her uh, to encourage moms like us. And so we are just absolutely thrilled and honored to have her with us this week. But before we get back into our conversation, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you're looking for a great Christian worldview, foundational uh, Christian curriculum, look at bjupresshomeschool.com and they've got every subject for every grade and they are amazing. Check them out, bjupresshomeschool.com. We love them. I know you'll love them as well. We use them for different subjects with our girls and that's the beauty of it. You can use it for what works best for your family and you can do video-based learning or you can do parent-led learning, whatever works best for you, bjupresshomeschool.com. Also, if this podcast is a blessing to your family, would you consider supporting the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry? And you can do that in a few ways. If you're listening to this podcast through a podcast app, would you consider leaving a review? Um, You can leave one of those, you know, like five-star reviews, which we hope that's what you would leave. But also if you would be willing to write an actual review, that is always so helpful so that people know why you left that five-star rating. And if it's not a five-star rating, let us know how we can be (laughs) a better blessing. Let us know what can we do to make it a five-star rating for you. I used to work in a hotel and it's so funny. That was like the big thing is that you want it to be like one of those five-star rated hotels and they would do anything and everything to become that hotel. Well, we're not a hotel, but we do want to serve you the best way that we can. So let us know how we can do that if we're not doing that um, well enough for you. And you can always send us an email at podcast at schoolhouserocked.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter um, through our website, schoolhouserocked.com. Well, Hillary, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you back with us. We were talking in uh, Monday's episode about training ourselves as parents and equipping our kids. And, and what we're doing is we're trying to raise our kids up to think critically. Mm-hmm. And we parked on that for a long time. We talked a lot about that on Monday. I want to talk about loving biblically because that's one of the other kind of pillars to equipping our kids, right? Yeah. Um, is to love biblically. What does that look like? Yeah, I think loving biblically um, is just not having any kind of agenda. Like a lot of people think they have to go out and get non-Christian friends for the purpose of converting them to Christianity. And while that's wonderful to try to convert people to Christianity, it, it kind of treats people like a notch on the belt. And honestly, people can tell if they're a project. And they have a tendency to shy away from that. It's just uh, knowing that if someone is created in the image of God, they have the Imago Day. they are worth uh, treating with dignity and respect and love and kindness and getting to know just because saved or not saved, they are a unique individual that God has created different than anybody else on this planet. So why wouldn't you want to go get to know someone who is just such a one of a kind um, but one of the things I know that kids have a hard time, well, I wouldn't want to say kids have a hard time, adults have a hard yeah. time with this, <laughs> is when it's someone who you clearly have different um, beliefs than or someone's believing something that's very anti-biblical. Mm-hmm. And so I like to kind of rephrase it and reframe the conversation with that because I think that uh, it can we can accidentally sometimes give our kids the impression that it's this us versus them mentality. We have the truth and they're the lost ones. And um, I used an analogy called, um, are, the, are we dealing with a captive or a rebel? 
And the idea of someone being a spiritual captive is we have the the verse that talks about um, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, mm-hmm. which depends on the spiritual uh, elemental forces of, of this world rather than on Christ. Sorry, trying to spit it out there. Um, but we also have the verse that talks about make sure you take captive every mm-hmm. thought, make it obedient to Christ. So we're either taking our thoughts captive or we're being taken captive. And one of the things about being taken captive is a lot of times captives don't know they're captive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I um, I call this spiritual Stockholm syndrome. I don't know if anyone's ever yeah. given it a name. So that's the name I gave it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like Stockholm it. syndrome itself is when you have someone who's been abducted and they start to really associate more with the person who's captured them than the people that are trying to free them. And so in order to go in a situation like that, it's much more complicated than someone who's saying, help, help, I've been kidnapped. Um, You have to break the bond between them and their captor to let them see this person does not have your best interest in mind. This person is not for your good. We're trying to free you. This is a bad situation. So I think sometimes with some of the bad ideologies that we have, we have to go in there and we have to create that relationship first that will start to drive the wedge between the person and the ideology that they have uh, decided is is what they believe is true about the world or what they believe is true about themselves. Um, So that would be one of the other things. It sees people in in a a place where not the, obviously not that we're the savior, like having a savior mentality, but it really does change your perspective than if you're thinking, oh, this is an us versus them. This is uh, it, because it's not. And then also we can look at just the way that Jesus modeled things. So one of the things that I've noticed about the way Jesus modeled how to deal with people is when it came to speaking to broad, broad swaths of people where he's speaking to the crowd, where uh, I guess if this were in this day and age where he would be speaking to maybe um, the lawmakers or the voting or the whatever, he was very bold, unapologetic, very harsh. Some might even say legalistic in the sense that he was like, oh, you've heard the Bible say X, Y, Z. Well, I came to say that it's even tougher than what you think. You know, you thought it was, you're not allowed to commit adultery. No, you can't even look at someone mm. in a wrong way. And so it's like, people think of the Sermon on the Mount as this like beautiful sermon, just because it starts with all the blessed are thous and <laughs> stuff. I'm like, you need to look at what he actually says on the Sermon on the Mount. It is the biggest smackdown, biggest spanking <laughs> that you've ever seen in your life. And that's how he dressed big ideas and large crowds. Now, on the other hand, when he was dealing with individuals, it was very, very different. He never went straight to the sin. He always went straight to the pain. Mm -hmm. He always went straight to the need. Because a lot of times people are held captive because they have a legitimate need that they're trying to meet in an illegitimate way. Why are they where they are, what is the need they're trying to have filled and treating them that way. But what I find sometimes is you'll see people getting this completely backwards when they're talking to the big crowd. It's all about, oh, we need to love and accept Mm -hmm. and do all these things and nobody can judge and all. And they they soft sell it for the Mm -hmm. whole group. Yeah. But then when you get people with individuals, it's like, the Bible says you're going to hell for blah, 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 you know, and it's just real easy to get those backwards to where it's like you can be harsh with the person and then just broad over, you know, this overarching thing. So I think loving biblically means that we hold truth very, very seriously. We love the Lord with all our uh, mind, soul and strength. And that is what we advocate for in culture. But when it comes to individuals, we are immediately going to them as an individual and those needs and those pain points. Yeah. Yeah. That is such an important point. It's as, as we're loving people biblically, 
and holding tight to that truth, sometimes I think it's really hard to find that balance. Yeah. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking of, you know, people who go to um, abortion clinics mm. and praise God for those people. We need those people there who are there to speak truth and to love on the women who are going into those clinics. But there is a huge difference between the person who's screaming, yes. you know, and cursing at those girls who are going in. Oh, and, it just makes me just, angry. I just want to yes, beat them up. That's mm. never going to reach their heart. But to have someone on the other side of them who <laughs> is loving them and who is just saying, you yeah. know what, there's a better way. And can I just share yeah. truth with you? Yeah. That's going to reach their heart so much easier and more effectively than the person who's shaking their fist at them. And, mm-hmm. and so it, we do have to love like Jesus did. We do have to love biblically because otherwise we're never going to reach the hearts of people. And that goes back to us as parents, right? As we're loving our kids and disciplining them and teaching them day in and day out. We have so many opportunities as homeschool moms to do this with our kids. We can just shake our fist at them and say, you're doing this wrong. You're not doing it right. Instead of just sitting down with them and saying, you know what? I I understand your struggle. Let's talk through this. Let's pray through this. Let's pray for your sinful heart in a way that's loving, but but still bringing them back to the truth of God's word. Because how are we ever going to win their hearts? otherwise. yeah. Right. But then on the other side, not compromising what we know to be true. If we have yeah. a little girl who's saying, mommy, I think I'm a boy. We don't affirm that in her. And we're going to, yeah. of course, talk about that in our next episode <laughs> with you that we're going to do in, in uh, May, but not affirming the sin because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. And so yeah. I, it's a hard balance in the world that we live in, because I think we're facing things today that I never imagined in a million years when I was a child that we would grow up to have to face some of the things that we're facing with our kids today. But God has us here for such a time as this, and He is preparing us. And we are prepared through His Word to know how to handle these things. So let's take a quick break, though. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC Math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Hillary. Um, Hillary, I would love to know a little bit about how the book came to be, uh, Mama Bear Apologetics. And Abby, I know you've You've read mm-hmm. the book. I've read parts of the book. I'm still reading through it <laughs> with my stack of books. And it's so good. I, I actually got the Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality first. And then I was like, oh, this is so good. But I want to go back and read Mama Bear Apologetics before I finish the Guide to Sexuality. So then that book came and and so I'm still processing through it. But Abby, you've already read it. What are some of the things that you've gotten from it? Well, it's one of those books, you know how there's those great books that you read and you're changed and you move on. But then there's those books that are like, I read it and then I reread it. And then I like teaching from rest is one of those that like, it's, it's almost to me, 
like a handbook a little bit. Like it's something mm. you keep coming back to. It's not yeah. a book you read, you get it down. It's it. I also think you come back to it in different seasons. You have the little mm. kids, you have the older kids. So it, it's a resource, not a book. To me, it's something that you will always keep coming back to that you'll highlight, that you'll dog ear. It's not, you don't put it back on your shelf, if that makes yeah. sense. So so in that, how did this incredible resource come to be, Hillary? Yeah. So when we started Mama Bear Apologetics, we thought, oh, we're going to do a blog and a podcast. And, um, you know, even if we only have five faithful mama bears, we're going to do it <laughs> anyway, because this is what the Lord's called us to. So that was that was sort of our mentality. We didn't really know what was going to happen. And then about a year into that, I mean, just even our first article out of the gate, it was like just the whole, I don't know, we got a lot of people sharing like crazy, you know, right as we started. Uh, within a year, we had a publisher that was con- was talking with a friend of mine who was publishing with him. And he sat her down for lunch when they met the first time. And he said, what can you tell me about Mama Bear Apologetics? And she goes, oh, that's a friend of mine. Um, so yeah, they they reached out asking for um, a book. And that was when um, I decided, you know, I don't want to write a book that's already been written. Yeah. And so I looked at the other books that were out there. A lot of them were answering questions. And I wanted to say, I want to dig deeper. I want to figure out what are the ideologies that are undergirding each of these questions? Because questions yeah. don't come out of a vacuum. Right. Um, it's like, there's a reason why a child is asking questions. Um, and so I just really wanted to see what were the ideologies that were affecting kids' ability to have faith that were created creating the problems in the first place. And that's how we got kind of those topics. And so I don't think that had really been done before. And then explaining it very much, um, you know, in a way that any mom could understand and in a way that she could break it down to her kids. Because whenever people ask me, oh, what age is this book for? You know, I'm like, for, you know, 20, 20 to 90. Um, (laughs) It's like this, this book isn't a kid's book. It's for moms. It's like, we need to equip the moms first so that they understand because you are the primary teachers. You are the primary youth pastor. And so once mom understands it and kind of has an idea of how to break it down into kind of kid language, you know what, that's, that's way better than any children's children's book that I could do. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about those ideologies that you dug into. Oh yeah. So actually I've got the book right here. Um, so the ones that we had divided it up into to begin with, um, there was a couple that were surprises. So each, each of the chapters, it's in part two, we call them the isms because a lot of them end Mm -hmm. with isms. And so it's like we kind of have this pithy little phrase that kind of summarizes the ism. Um, So we've got like, God helps those who help themselves, Mm self-helpism. My brain is trustworthy according to my brain. That's naturalism. Um, I believe in God if there was any shred of evidence. That's skepticism. Truth is there is no truth. Postmodernism. You're wrong to tell me that I'm wrong. Moral relativism. Follow your heart. It never lies. Emotionalism. Uh, just worship something, pluralism. Uh, I'll just go through the new spirituality, Marxism, feminism, and pro- progressive Christianity. Now, mm-hmm. two of these were different than when we first picked, uh, pitched the book. And that is that um, we had a chapter that we weren't sure what to call it. So we called it redefinitionalism, uh, just <laughs> almost as a joke, because we're like, we're making up a word to talk about how people are you know, making up words. language. <laughs> and I realized that that wasn't really an ideology, that was a tactic. And so that one ended up being uh, the, Uh, linguistic theft. It's interesting that there's no actual phrase that anybody's created in the academic sphere for this, because I've seen so many people talking all around it, but nobody's given us like a phenomena to call it. So anyway, linguistic theft it is. Um, And that's where you're taking words and you're changing the definition. Mm -hmm. And then you're reinserting those words, um, asking for the person to abide by whatever agenda that you're trying to push into there. Like this concept of, we're going to take the word love, 
We're going to redefine what love means. That It's like, it's whatever makes a person feel most comfortable. That's what love is now. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to ask these Christian kids, why aren't you loving like Jesus loved? Yeah. And the kids are going, oh, yeah, Jesus right. is love. And he just, right. Jesus said to love. And yeah, if I'm, not, if I'm not loving like he loved, I'm being a bad Christian. Well, they don't understand that, that someone has taken that definition and changed it. Right. And so that, that kind of goes back to when we were talking about those questions of what do you mean by that? We have to know that people are purposely changing these definitions. And I have a whole talk on this, on why this is going on. But I think at its base, it kind of um, takes advantage of the Imago Day that we have God's law written on our heart. And there's certain things that we already know, like love is good, hate is bad. Um, you know, we need to be tolerant. We should strive for unity, all these different things that these are what we have, you know, what is written on our hearts. So what they're doing is they're taking the language to say, whatever agenda I'm doing is the one that supports the agenda of love and tolerance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. anyone against us is the one who's hating and bullying and doing all these right. things. And once you've confused the category, mm-hmm. uh, people don't even know how to accept what the Bible says. In fact, what we're seeing now is people are saying, yeah, you're right. The Bible is bigoted and hateful and hurtful. Yeah. And, there's this uh, this one, I'll put this very loose scare quotes, uh, the scholar uh, within the LG. I don't even know if he has any degrees anyway, but he talks about the place where Jesus is talking to, um, I can't remember if it's another Samaritan woman. What's the one where she comes and she asks for a miracle and he says, you give the dog, you don't give the dogs what is sacred. She said, even the dogs get the crumbs off I'm the child's plates. And he said, your faith, you know, I haven't found such faith. Go and, you know, whatever you've asked is going to be done for you. According to this guy, he's a pastor somewhere. He said, this is where Jesus repented of his racism. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's like they're taking these definitions and even reinterpreting the Bible. So our kids need to know that this change has taken place in the first place. And so I always recommend to have something called a buzzwords board in your house somewhere, preferably next to the TV or wherever people have things of, words that we're seeing. I don't think, you know, what was it? The um, Yeah, I don't think uh, you, that word means what you think that word exactly. means. Yeah. <laughs> I do not think that word means what you think that means. That is the Princess Bride. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, so it's like every time you find a new word for your buzzwords borders, someone's like, whoa, that's not the way that word's defined. Yeah. Well, let's right. go at it to the buzzwords board. Right. Yeah. Even I in the, the rainbow, you know, you look at the rainbow is God's promise to yeah. mankind to never flood the earth again. It's a beautiful promise from God and they have just perverted the rainbow. And it's so sad. Okay, this is the most cheesy thing ever. But when I was a little girl, I loved the movie Annie and (laughs) I have this little barrette. It's a little hair clip barrette and it has a rainbow on it. And it looks exactly like the LGBTQ rainbow that's used today. Yeah. But this was back in 1984 when I got this hair clip from my uncle. I remember my uncle gave it to me. And it has a little picture of Annie with the rainbow behind her. And I ha- I found it the other day. And I, I just think thought, I had that sad. same clip. Maybe it's in, the, it's in the, a heart shape. It's so okay. cute. I've just seen something with Annie's face and a rainbow in the background. Yeah, like yeah. I vaguely remember having yeah. something like this that. This is old school, 1984 Annie. And it's just so sad to me to look at that and just think, oh, you know, this was really cute when I was a little yeah. girl. And now it's been completely perverted. Like you yeah, can't right. even have a rainbow anything. Right. Because now it means something. I mean, oh my gosh, rainbow bright. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so sad. Or Care Bears stare. And then they all got the hearts from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we just all aged ourselves, but. Yeah, we have. But it's starting with our little children and carrying through their childhood so that now they're confused. Okay, is the rainbow good or is it bad? I mean, God gave Mm -hmm. the rainbow. 
but now you're telling me, mommy, that the rainbow is a bad thing when we, so which rainbow is okay? You know? Oh, poor thing. And that is confusing. It is so sad. But again, it's how sinful mankind has perverted mm-hmm. God and, and, and not that God is perverted. That did not come out right. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, God's symbols, God's, yeah. right. God's symbols and words and things like that. We can't even say gender anymore without, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, okay, what, what are we talking about when we use the word gender? I mean, right. it's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. We, li- it's crazy time <laughs> that yes, we live in. Um, we are out of time. We are going to come back tomorrow because there's so much more to talk about. I wish we had like three more episodes to talk with you because we're going to talk about ROAR. ROAR mm-hmm. like a mother. And this is an acronym that the mama bears use and it's fantastic. And we're going to go through the ROAR acronym tomorrow. Um, but before we do that, Hillary, tell us one more time where people can find out more about you and Mama Bear Apologetics. Yes, absolutely. You can uh, go to our website at uh, www.mamabearapologetics.com. That's spelled M-A-M-A. You can find us on Twitter if we're ever going to be lurking around there. But uh, Instagram and Facebook, more likely at both of those. And then uh, the books are, I think, basically where books are sold. We're on Amazon, ChristianBook.com, all sorts of other book distributors that I don't even know about that uh, you, you look for, uh, you search my name and Mama Bear Apologetics and you'll click on shopping. You'll find a, a lots of options. So Yeah, yep. you have a lot of great stuff. So um, we'll talk about that. And then on the next episode too, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast and what you are all mm-hmm. doing with Mama Bear um, Podcast as well. So make sure you guys stay tuned to the very end here, a clip of what's coming up next on the podcast. And you can find all things Schoolhouse Rocked at our website, Schoolhouse Rocked. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you back here tomorrow. Bye. Now you need a plan, but can't ever seem to make one work. Do homeschool planners totally overwhelm you? Do you feel like you have to fill every box, complete every checklist and achieve every single goal? I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, a homeschool mom like you, who's already successfully raised two kids to adulthood. I created the Life Schooling Vision Planner because I wanted a planner that would work with my relaxed style of homeschooling, a style I like to call life schooling. Find out all the details at lifeschoolingvisionplanner.com right now during our special relaunch and come life school with me. As homeschool moms are... Our primary job is to teach and train our kids up in the Lord. And when they're young, we do that. We, we don't put them out in the world. We've talked about this. Instead, we use the word. It says, you know, scripture is used for teaching and training. And, and we build them this incredible foundation. And, but, but the reality is, is that isn't enough. We have to then, as they get older, prepare them for the world. It's two part. It's rooting them in God's word and keeping them from the effects of the world when they're young and getting them rooted. But then we can't launch them unprepared. We also have to then prepare them. And part of that, I hate this part of it, but the reality is part of it is preparing them for the the really rough things that are out there. You know, the things that we wish we didn't have to prepare them for, but it is a reality.